Hey everybody, this is Chris Mata, host of a podcast, A Mata of Opinion. On this show, we will be celebrating the best time of the year, football season. Welcome, and stay tuned for today's episode. Episode 74. So looking around the league, we do have to acknowledge that week five has already come and gone. We're about to be entering halfway through the season already, and I feel like football season just got here. That That's a little bit of a bummer. But moving into it, we did have the Bears and the Commanders opening up. The Bears did drop a whopping 40 points on the Commanders. This was DJ Moore. This was Justin Fields. This was their, I guess, trying to stop the downhill slide. They are now 1-4. Looking at it, I'm not exactly sure what was going on with the Commanders. You look at Sam Howell's stats for the night. He was 388 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. Maybe it was just dying right before the red zone. And maybe that's a little something that we can talk about, look into deeper, what was going on with their red zone drives. But moving beyond that, we do have the Jaguars upsetting the Bills in the second London showdown. The Bills were humbled very quickly. They should have beat the Jaguars. Big shout out to the Jaguars for holding their own and still showing that, hey, maybe there is some life. Maybe they can take control of their division, respectively. If you're the Bills, you're struggling with consistency right now, and that is a very concerning loss. But luckily, we're still halfway, not even at the halfway point of the season yet. You're sitting at 3-2, and two, not that big of a deal. But we do want to see more consistency going down the backstretch, especially when you're knowing that it's going to be the Dolphins that are going to be leading the division right now. And as long as their starters stay healthy, I don't see that changing. Moving next, we did have the Texans and the Falcons. The Falcons won the game 21-19. to This did put a little bit of a stutter on the Texans. It seemed like they were about to have a win streak start happening. Falcons do catch themselves before they start, you know, going in the wrong direction again. And one of the favorite games here, the Battle of the Big Cats, we had the Panthers and the Lions. Lions did wipe the Panthers off the face of the planet with a score of 42 to 24. Lions are on a roll right now. They're four and one. Their only loss coming to the Seahawks. They have already beaten the Kansas City Chiefs. This this team could be the dark horse going into the playoffs. Now, can they win the whole thing? Could they be Super Bowl champions? Hey, any given Sunday, but it's going to take the absolute best from them every single week, and they seem to be bringing it. I'm excited. I'm pretty sure Detroit Lions fans have been waiting for this forever. They finally have a team to cheer for. So, again, I hope they continue this winning trend. I love how Campbell is just the coach that says, we're going to go get it. We're going to go get it right now. He's not afraid to go on fourth down. Very aggressive play calls. Moving into the next game, we did have the Colts beating the Titans 23-16. And, again, with this Colts team, it's going to be very hard to place this team with. As far as skill-wise, as far as the threat to the playoffs, as far as winning their own division, they are very competitive. They did have Anthony Richardson go down, but we do have Gardner Minshew taking the helm again. And I am a huge Gardner Minshew fan. I don't believe he was given the right amount of opportunities with the Jaguars. He, in fact, had a better first season with the Jaguars than Trevor Lawrence did. And I think if they built around Gardner Minshew, they would have been seeing similar results. That might be a bit of an overreach, but I've seen enough of Gardner Minshew. I love his mentality. I love how he never quits on the plays. No matter where he ended up, whether it was with the Jaguars, whether it was the Eagles, or whether or not it's the second-string quarterback for the Colts, when his name is called, 
he has 100% effort, and I think that's a guy that can rally his teammates just because that kind of effort is contagious. When you realize this is the second stringer coming in, and he's saying, nah, I got this. We're going down the field to score. I have high hopes for Gardner Minshew. I think it's unfortunate for Anthony Richardson to go down. I know it's a bit of a shoulder injury. No doubt he'll be back. But I hope during this time we get to see Minshew mania taken off once more. In another not-so-surprising game, we did have the Dolphins toppling the Giants. I know there is word now that Daniel Jones will be missing this upcoming week. Dolphins move to a 4-1. and one. They are sitting atop the AFC East. They'll be continued to sit there as long as their roster is healthy. Again, to I know there was the uh, question mark about the concussions, but he's been coming back. He's been smarter. He hasn't been holding onto the ball. He hasn't been taking vicious hits. Now, we did have A-Chain go down. He did end up on injured reserve. He's going to be missing at least four games. There is still a timeline on Jeff Wilson to return, but as of right now, it's going to be Raheem Mostert as the lead back. So, so if you have him in fantasy, congratulations. It did look like A-Chain was starting to threaten the snap percentage, but Mostert's still going to hold on to that. Then we move into the biggest surprise of the week and it was the Saints and the Patriots game not that I'm saying the Patriots sort of walked away with this game but I did not see them getting beat again by a 30 point margin so this is 34 to 0 so a big shout out to the Saints defense coming up and scoring we did have Alvin Kamara come back and Kendra Miller actually proved himself to be a viable option I know his debut was a little disappointing today he showed he has the hands he was able to get a couple yards on the ground Again, it will still go through Alvin Kamara, but you do want to be able to see the backup, the one that's going to be coming in to take his place. You do want to feel like we did not waste a pick on a running back. Kendra Miller, I think he's going to continue to go through the roof. We just do not know where his ceiling is yet. Beyond that, we have the Ravens dropping another game to the Steelers. The score was 10-17, to 17, and I was talking about this earlier last week. You can go ahead and run back to a couple of my podcasts, too. I was already talking about how the ball security for Lamar Jackson is going to be the main issue, and that's going to stunt them in the playoffs. But right now, it already came and showed its ugly head. At this point, can we put the entire game on Lamar Jackson, the reason that they lost? Absolutely not. When you have three drop passes in the game with two of them, easy walk-in touchdowns, it, it no, we can't keep putting this on Lamar but when it came down to the game winning drives in back-to-back possessions Lamar Jackson throws the interception then Lamar Jackson gets the ball stripped out of his hands and the other team recovers so shout out to that Steelers defense for not quitting on that game shout out to the magic from Mike Tomlin who still has this team at three and two despite the fans in Pittsburgh screaming for Matt Canada to be fired And if you're not familiar with who Matt Canada is, that's the offensive coordinator that continues to underproduce for that team. The Ravens have a long way to go. I still think that they're going to be the division winners, and I think that's the best shot at going to be challenging Mahomes for that AFC championship. If not, I know everybody's going to be screaming the Dolphins, but again, we still haven't seen that team succeed in the playoffs just yet, and I know Tua wasn't there last season, but it is a very long season, so we shall see how it progresses. Now, the game that the Eagles did pull out against the Rams, I thought the Rams were going to walk with that game. I knew it was going to be a close one. The score, 23-14, to I think, speaks for itself. That is a one-possession game, and that is something that 
really could have shaped how everybody viewed the Eagles. But again, Eagles walk away. They're 5-0, and still undefeated. Now there's only one other team that can walk over. Now there's only one other team in the NFL that can tote that, and that's the 49ers. And again, they had a very dominating game, but we'll get to that one next. The Bengals finally have some success against the Cardinals. They win 34-20, to but we just don't know how to measure that yet. We don't know if that was just, hey, we're playing a sorrier team than us, so we're finally going to bounce back. But either way, you do want to see progress in the right direction. Joe Burrow finally looking a little more like his old self. He had 317 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. Again, last season. The Bengals did play dead for the first three weeks and then came to life and still took the division. So we're going to have to keep a close eye on the Bengals right now, but I still don't think they're going to be living up to the expectations of last season or the year before that. And it's simple. When you lose that many pieces from a defense and you still expect them to perform at a high level and you still expect them to contribute points, they were a scoring defense. It's going to be that much harder for Joe Burrow to get that team across the finish line. Now, after all of that, they still do have one of the easier schedules in the NFL, so I believe that's going to be covering up a lot of the weaknesses that they have. So again, if they do find themselves in the playoffs, I wouldn't be shocked if they're a first-round walk. So looking at the Jets and the Broncos game, the Jets did win 31-21. to It was the Nathaniel Hackett Revenge Tour. This was a dish best served cold, and I think the most painful thing to watch was Russell Wilson to have the ball in his hands for a possible game-winning drive, rolls out to his left, trips on his own feet, fumbles the ball directly to the other team, and the Jets walk that in. It was a scoop and score. That, it was like a toddler playing his first ever Pop Warner game. It was pathetic. And with this team, they can't sink any lower, so congratulations. You hit rock bottom. The good news about finding rock bottom is there's only one way to go, and that's up. Now, I know everybody's saying, get ready for a fire sale. But the question is, who's going to be wanting to pick up anybody on the offense? I know Sertan, the defensive back, they're going to be wanting high dollar for him, and that's somebody that's going to say, yeah, get me out of this place and let me go contend for a championship somewhere else. Now, I know that there are rumors that the Cowboys might be interested since Trayvon Diggs went down, but I do think that's a little bit out of their spending range. But we'll continue to watch that. The Broncos just have a long way to go. And I know just yesterday for the Thursday night game, they squared off against Mahomes around like 19 to 8. And that's that's shocking. That That should have been a blowing out of the water. Maybe this is the defense turning it around a little bit more, but the Jets was supposed to be one of those games that they had a shot at winning, and they they fumbled that away too, so <laughs> they're going to need all the help that they can get. But moving to the next game, we did have the Chiefs beating the Vikings 27-20. to Again, I don't want you to panic if you're a Vikings fan. You're 1-4, but literally the back half of your schedule is a lot more forgiving than the first half. With a Sunday night primetime game, it was the Cowboys and the 49ers squaring off. 49ers ran this game from beginning to end. It was 42-10, to and we are witnessing the last ride of Dak Prescott. You have given him all of the weapons that he's needed. You have given him a league-leading rusher two years in a row. You've changed coaches. You've changed offensive coordinators. And it's still not working. It's still not looking any better. He's still throwing interception after interception. 
I don't think there's any more excuses that you can lay down for Dak Prescott. And they, it's been one hell of a run. It's been six, seven seasons, and he, he's he's done great. He's been a phenomenal regular season quarterback. He's given a lot of great memories. He's brought winning seasons to the Cowboys. But when are you going to settle for more than mediocre? We got to find the next guy. And there's nobody. I know people are talking about the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. Hey, if the Cowboys just tank here, we could go ahead and get the next quarterback rolling. Somebody younger, somebody that has maybe a higher ceiling. But I don't see the Cowboys tanking it that far. And they're going to have to compete really hard to lose this season because there are just teams that are, it looks like they are just struggling to find a win. And at this point in time, the Cowboys still have enough to be a mediocre team. They're going to be 8-9, and 9-8, nine, nine and however you want to write it up. But this, this right here, it's the last ride of Dak Prescott. Moving into the Monday night game, we have the Packers and the Raiders. Raiders did walk away with that game 17-13. That is a very surprisingly low score. I expected one of these teams to run away, but it just seemed what team didn't want to suck the most. And that's the best way that I could say it. It wasn't an entertaining game at all. There wasn't much happening. We did have Josh Jacobs eating a lot of carries, and that's practically what won the Raiders the game. And I know the Packers team is young. They have a lot of young wide receivers. They have a young quarterback. They have half of a running back room right now. Aaron Jones is still struggling with that hamstring injury. But I think we've already seen the ceiling of Jordan Love. And when I say that, I don't mean that he is a terrible quarterback. He's making correct reads. He is making accurate throws. I do think he lacks the deep ball accuracy that he needs. But he's going to have Christian Watson returning into the lineup. We're going to see a lot more success as far as winning games. I just don't think that he has the the clutch factor, the X factor. There's, there's nothing that really wows about Jordan Love. I think he's going to be an excellent fit for the Packers, you're not going to have to wander away from him. You're not going to have to sit there and say, ah, quarterback play is the reason we lost that game. Of course, it'll be a lot on the offensive line. It'll be how did our defense do. But right now, they're they're still in the developmental stage. Right now, it's still trying to find the chemistry. And of course, Jordan Love will progress as the years go on. It's just when you're looking for those talents that immediately click, whether it's your Justin Herbert or your Joe Burrow, for example, or even a Lamar Jackson when they first entered the league. This this wasn't the exact kind of shocking performance you were looking for. And I know we're just five games in. I understand that. But you would expect to have, like, a glimmer of hope, the breakout game. So, yeah, I'll give them all the way to the end of the season, but we're going to have to see that phenomenal breakout game before you can get excited and say, this will be the guy that takes us back into the playoffs. And not only back, but makes you solid contenders. So after that weekly game we do have the leaders of the nfc east being the eagles the cowboys are at three and two eagles are at five and oh commanders are holding on they are two and three at this point in time and the giants who are sitting at a one and four and will likely drop to a one and five again daniel jones will be out with an injury 49ers are sitting at five and oh as well the other undefeated team behind them we have the seahawks at three and one followed by the rams at two and three and with the Cardinals dead last at 1-4. and four. In the NFC North, we have the Lions at 4-1, and one, the Packers at 2-3, and three, 
the Vikings at one and four and the Bears at one and four. So when it comes down to teams that are, you know, not uh, where their record doesn't really reflect how good they are, it's the Vikings. I know Justin Jefferson's going to be down for quite a bit, but I think Addison will step up and fill that role. K.J. Osborne has always been a consistent number two. So they do have shots at winning some games here. The back half of their schedule, again, is a lot more friendly to them than their first half. Into the NFC South, we have the Buccaneers who are coming off of a bye week, but they still lead the division 3-1. to one. Falcons and Saints are tied at 3-2-2, to two, and the Panthers are sitting at 0-5. The winless team, again, the Panthers sitting at 0-5. Then we move into the AFC East. Again, the Dolphins are sitting at the top with a 4-1 and one record. The Bills are sitting at a 3-2 and two record. The Jets are 2-3, and three, and the Patriots are dead last at 1-4. and four. In the AFC West, the Chiefs are 5-1, and one, Chargers are 2-2, two and two, the Raiders are 2-3, and three, and the Broncos are at 1-5. Moving into the AFC North, surprisingly, it is the Steelers and the Ravens tied at 3-2. and two. The Browns are sitting at a 2-2 two and two record. That's going to get worse for them. Deshaun Watson still has not come back from his injury, and they've already stated he's going to be missing another week. And we're not going to be seeing DTR. We're going to be seeing P.J. Walker. Now, P.J. Walker was most recently with the Panthers, and he is able to play at this level, but it's it's a sustaining level. You're not looking to win games. You're just looking not to embarrass yourself at this point. We do have the Bengals at the very bottom at a 2-3 and three record. Again, this will shake out in the Bengals' favor because, yes, the Browns aren't going to have a quarterback, and this is becoming more of a serious issue. How many weeks are we going to see Deshaun Watson being gone? But moving into the AFC South, we have the Jaguars and the Colts both tied at 3-2. and two. And again, it's those Colts that were sitting there wondering just how competitive are they going to be? Do, do they have what it takes to take over this division? And it, it's a new coach. It's, it's new quarterbacks. And Jonathan Taylor is back now. How much of this can they get rolling in the right direction and actually seize the opportunity in front of him? course we do expect the Jaguars to hold on to that division with Trevor Lawrence and all of his weapons on that offense moving in we do have the Texans and the Titans tied at two and three I do expect them to hold those spots respectively I don't trust that the Titans have woken up offensively I believe they're still just going to be flowing through Derrick Henry and they might catch a couple of people by surprise looking at the Texans Tank Dell did go down with concussion protocol they're still waiting to see if he's going to be able to clear for this coming up game with C.J. Stroud, the way that he is playing, and again, when you're comparing Stroud to Jordan Love, Jordan Love isn't exactly a rookie, but he hasn't been a starter. But now you have C.J. Stroud, who is out there. We're talking, he's almost throwing 40 passes a game. He is looking solid. That's what I'm talking about when you're looking for, okay, he's got he's got something. He This is something we can build around. This is something we can stain. And I still think C.J. Stroud's on his way up. They are still building that franchise. They are taking it out of the basement. So again, when it's comparing Jordan Love ceiling to C.J. Stroud, C.J. Stroud definitely has the higher ceiling. So we'll see how this plays out. And again, but looking at the matchups for this week, we already have the Broncos who fell to the Chiefs, which was not a surprise, but the surprise was just the score. The Chiefs only scored 19 points and the Broncos had eight. That is extremely low. That should have been a blowout. That should have been like a Chiefs and Bears looking score. But here we are. We do have the Ravens and the Titans squaring up. I'm going to have the Ravens taking that game. We have the Panthers and the Dolphins. I got the Dolphins. We have the Texans and the Saints. 
Give me the Saints. We have the Commanders and Falcons. I think the Commanders will bounce back, so give me the Commanders. And we have the Colts and the Jaguars Part 2. And believe it or not, give me the Colts. Now, this game's very personal to me because go Seahawks. But they are going to be squaring up against the Bengals, and I think the Seahawks will take this game. We have the Bears and the Vikings, so this will be the Vikings' comeback tour right now. They will take the Bears. The 49ers are going to beat the Browns. The Raiders are going to lose to the Patriots. I, I don't think we're going to see Belichick drop another one, and definitely by not a 30-point margin. No way. Then we have the Lions and the Buccaneers. Now, this is going to be a very interesting game, but go ahead and give me the Lions. I think their high-flying offense is still going to overpower the Buccaneers, and the Buccaneers are going to be respectable on the defense, and they're going to be struggling to score. But again, go ahead and give me the Lions. We have the Cardinals and the Rams. Give me the Rams. We'll have the Eagles and the Jets, so go ahead and give me the Eagles. We'll have the Giants and the Bills, and the Bills are going to absolutely go off. There is no Daniel Jones. They're going to be going to Tyrod Taylor, and that guy has just had a really bad luck streak in the NFL, whether it was concussions, whether it was medical staff puncturing a lung. Every time he's had an opportunity to start, something tragic happens. So I'm just hoping this time around there's a uh, nice little protection around him let him have a great game. Let him walk off that field at the very end of the game. I enjoy watching him every time that he's on the field. And I, again, it's just somebody that seems to have the worst luck, but I do enjoy watching him play. He is a talent, and I am glad he's still around in the NFL somewhere. But to close out this week, we do have the Cowboys and the Chargers. So it's talking about a revenge game and talking about a revenge game, we have Kellen Moore, the ex offensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys, who is now the offensive coordinator for the Chargers, returning the favor. So we're going to really see just how well they're preparing for this game, and I expect this to be a high-flying game. Really, at this point in time, there shouldn't be any respect for either of those defenses. The Chargers are going to be coming out blazing because, yes, again, revenge game. But I think we can already say that the Cowboys are missing Kellen Moore more and more each day into this contest i do have the chargers walking away with it that's just because they're going to have the added benefit of being at home austin eckler's return and that being a revenge game for kellen moore but moving into our last topic of the day we're going to be looking at quarterback stats now looking at our top 10 quarterbacks in the nfl right now uh, I know Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes do have one extra game on everybody, so we'll put a little asterisk mark there. But starting with our number 10 quarterback in the NFL, and this really shouldn't surprise anybody, it's Jared Goff. Now, I know he had his fall from grace, but he seems to have found himself a nice little niche, and he is carving up some defenses. He has that offense moving. He is constantly making the right throws. And we're talking tight window throws. When you talk about underrated quarterbacks, Jared Goff, his name better be in there because he seems to have turned this whole stigma around about, I can't be a passer in this league. I am just a play action punk. But no, we are seeing it all go the right way. And while it's happening, I think the Lions have found themselves their next champion their next generational quarterback. I don't think, I know they picked up Hendon Hooker, but I don't see them going to him anytime soon. At number nine, we have Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy himself, and he will continue to climb these charts, especially as he's making his way through his first full season 
there's going to be a lot of haters out there saying, well, any quarterback can be that successful when you give them that many weapons. And you are 100% correct. If you have those kind of weapons, you should be balling out. But at this point in time, we just saw how many quarterbacks they had to cycle through before Brock Purdy stepped in, and they still can't beat the kid. So if you're going to say, yeah, it's just because of all those weapons, well, if you have a crappy quarterback, none of those weapons matter, and they haven't been able to shake this guy. So again, Brock Purdy really showing up. At number eight, we have Russell Wilson. Now, I know the Broncos are a complete dumpster fire, but the offense has looked completely different. There has been a huge change since Sean Payton showed up. They are scoring around the NFL average. Before then, they were seven points under the league average. It was absolutely awful. Now, am I saying this is great, this is perfect, doing everything right? No, absolutely not. But we are seeing Russell Wilson shaking off the rust here. Everybody was quick to say he was washed and on his way out the door, and that may be soon, but just not yet. Then we have above him and sitting at number seven, Sam Howell. And again, with Sam Howell, the record doesn't reflect just how well he plays. He does have a rocket arm. He is very mobile. And with with the help of Jahan Dawson, with the help of Terry McLaurin, they are going to be seeing some success soon. They're just on that very last turn of the corner, and I, I'm really hoping for some sort of a winning season because one of the coaches that I'm thinking is going to be on the hot seat if this does not turn out well is going to be Juan Rivera, and it's going to be hard to see him go. Sitting at the number six slot right now is Josh Allen, and this is after two very strange performances. It was the three-interception game against the Jets, and the failure to beat the Jaguars in London. Now, you can blame that on jet lag. You can blame that on underestimating your opponent, but just right now, he's standing on two phenomenal games and two very average and poor games. But sitting at number five, one of the ageless wonders, and in my book, a future Hall of Famer, we have Matthew Stafford. Now, Matthew Stafford is one of those guys that just will not quit. He doesn't seem to go away. And every time you think his body is crumbling, he finds a way to will himself once more back into the lineup. He has Puka Nakua. He will have Cooper Cup coming. Has Cooper Cup. And I think they're going to continue to set the mark. He already has 1,400 yards and five touchdowns. That's with five interceptions. A one-to-one rate is not exactly what you're aiming for. But moving into the number four spot, we do have the rookie, C.J. Stroud. He has 1,400 yards as well with seven touchdowns and zero interceptions. So again, when it's talking about the ceiling, C.J. Stroud continues to set the mark. We'll continue to see how his rookie season progresses. Again, this is some very promising stuff from a very young rookie. At number three, we have Kirk Cousins with 1,498 yards. He has 13 touchdowns and four interceptions. Again, that record does not reflect truly how well Kirk Cousins has played. At number two, we have Patrick Mahomes with 1,500 yards, 11 touchdowns, and five interceptions. Watching most of the Chiefs games, they do tend to be a little slow. They did have one stellar game against the Bears, and that's the kind of offensive output that we're used to seeing from the Chiefs. But here, they're they're on a little bit of a uh, slow start. So again, maybe when we see Kelsey and Mahomes kind of get back into their rhythm, they are going into a slower part of their schedule. So again, expect these numbers to shoot up 
But at number one, we have Tua Tungavailoa with 1,600 yards, 11 touchdowns, and five interceptions. And this is one of those arguments that you'll hear again. Well, yeah, he has all the weapons in the world, but again, he's completing passes. He has a deadly fast release time. So again, Tua is just showing now we're finally getting that sample size that we need. We saw it a little bit last season, but of course that's when he got knocked out with the concussion protocol. We were wondering, could he maintain this status? And again, here we go into the new season. Same head coach, same weapons, and here we go. He is still showing the same results. So I think it is safe to say that Tua wasn't just the one-hit wonder. He's he's capable of doing this consistently. We're going to be seeing the Dolphins continue to punish every single team that they face. And I do wonder how high are we going to see a 6,000-yard quarterback, or is that just a little absurd? But either way, this is Tua's breakout season. We're all here for it. We're going to continue to watch what quarterbacks come and go from this top 10 list. Now, I know we're just in the first five games of the season, but I do expect Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence to land on this list, as well as Jalen Hurts. But that's just a motto of opinion. So thank you for tuning in, and don't forget to follow and share.